Welcome to Bound by Books, a podcast of five authors across multiple genres talking about the one thing that we are all bound by, books. I'm Marianne Morea. I'm one of your hosts, and I write a multiple of genres all in the paranormal for the time being, including vampire fiction, paranormal romance, um, a little splash of urban fantasy and um, historic fiction, um, as well as YA and uh, paranormal women's fiction. And my co-host today is Hannah Byron. Hello, everyone. Yes, as Marianne said, my name is Hannah Byron. I'm an author who writes mainly only in the historical realm, so historical fiction, historical romance, and I will branch out to historical mysteries soon. Um, yeah, welcome to our show. <laughs> uh, it's quite new to us, so... Um, we will introduce ourselves a little bit, talk about what we write, and Maria will tell us how we met. Well, the question is, how did five very different people from all over the globe, and I mean, I'm in New York, Hannah's in Holland, so you don't get any farther apart than that, really, when, when, you, when happenstance brings you together. So how did we decide to do a podcast, and why? Um, we joined, like I said, uh, we met by happenstance because we all decided to take a marketing class to better our craft and to uh, better our bring better learn how to bring our craft to you, our readers. So um, after months of becoming fast friends and um, learning at the speed of light, we decided that we were tired of just talking to each other and decided to talk to you now. So anyway, um, in future podcasts, besides Hannah and myself, um, you'll meet uh, three other authors, uh, the three other authors that are in our little hive, and um, we'll take deep dives into our writing, into our books, what we love to write, what we love to read, um, to connect with you as readers, to tell you about our stories, our inspirations, our troubles, um, not personal troubles, obviously, don't want to get too, you know, too personal, but uh, our troubles with writing, you know, and our, you know, our journeys, our journey to it uh, that brings what we see and hear in our head onto the onto the printed page for you. So um, Hannah is going to be uh, taking the lead from now and asking the questions and we're going to do a little volley back and forth. So take it away, Hannah. Okay, thank you, Marianne. That was a really nice introduction. Yes. Um, it's been a journey and it's lovely to share what we do with our readers. So, um, Marianne, I'm actually quite curious. I mean, what what led you to, to become an author? I mean, this is not a job that um, most people think of, although there are many, many people who want to write a book, but actually to, to have a career as an author. Um, did you know that, like always, that it would be you writing and publishing books, or tell us a little bit about how that started. That journey. Um, I guess you could say I've always been a scribbler, and I actually use that that phrase in, uh, in on my website uh, when it talks about me. Uh, since I was a little girl, I was always making up stories. Um, you know, whether I was you know 
Cleopatra or Helen of Troy, because I loved the classics growing up, especially the ones that involved mythology. I've always been um, drawn to the paranormal and the things that lurk in shadow or things that are a little bit magical or a lot magical, <laughs> to be honest. Um, so it's it's something that I, I just always did. I guess that's the way my brain goes. Um, in fact, I, I t in taking a, a market, uh, taking a writing class with Margie Lawson, she had us do a psychological exam uh, because she's got a background in psychology to determine which side of our brain works and whether you were whole-brained, right-brained, or left-brained. And I was very, I scored very far right-brained, which means very creative, or you know, it could also mean daydreamer, like my mother used to call me when I was a kid, but. But yeah, I, it was it was the fact that that I always have been a writer because I've just always loved story stories. I'm a storyteller to my core. And what about you, Hannah? What brought you to this frustrating and 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 at the same time satisfying career? Well, I think the same thing that from a very early age I was um, enthralled by by stories. For me, it was Enid Blyton and um, the famous five. And I would go over the top, you know, I would have two twins and five dogs and um, write about that. Um, I think it was also because I, I was sort of isolated child as well. So stories was also something that I could, you know, um, always go to. I loved reading as soon as I could read, I, I read. So it actually brings me to hearing you say this, I, it actually brings me to the fact of saying, so is it, would it have been innate, you know, is it possible that you are just a born writer? I mean, it, it could be, it, it could well be because it, it, like with you, it started at a very, very early age. Although it took me 50 years to become a, a published author, but that had more to do with my insecurities around it than the fact that, um, and also it is something, I mean, if you want to become a doctor or you want to become a teacher or a nurse, that is very clear and people, your parents will say, yeah, of course, that's a noble profession, go for it. But I mean, I still have people who say to me, um, writing i mean they look at you and they go is that a job is that something that you i mean even my bookkeeper will look at me and say i don't know if you can make a living out of this you know so it is not something that is generally considered to be a, a proper job although i know you and me we <laughs> consider it really really that and just that you know yes so, um yeah, I have so to say, I, I not to, to, when you just said that you were an isolated child, that kind of just, ugh, it got me because when I was growing up, you know, I was the oldest of four children, but I was always on my own, always alone. I mean, I'm very close to my sisters now, but growing up, not so much. And in high school, I used to say I was invisible, absolutely invisible. And um, you people, people say to me, get out of here. No, you, how could you be that? Well, look at you now. I mean, you're, and it took a long time. And, you know, I think most writers, our characters are bigger than life because we never got the chance to be, yeah, you know? Yeah, yeah, probably, yeah. 
yeah and and but there must also be yeah in my case it is it, it, there is a clear line i don't know you but my father was a writer so there was definitely this this um uh, wordmanship i i come from a very um you know um family who there was a lot of talking going on there weren't much many um affections and love there was a lot of talking going on and a lot of reading so a very intellectual uh, situation but so i i also have it in my genes so to say to write because my dad was already a writer and my mum wasn't bad at, at storytelling either was that the case with you as well does it run in your family no, well, my father is an uh, an attorney, but he's also a CPA. So he um, he had he was whole brained, I guess you could say, because he was you know numbers and and uh, balance sheets, mathematics, analytics were very easy second nature to him. But he also was creative. He did write a book, or at least he began one, and he never finished it. Um, and now he's eighty one, and I think he's just too ill to do it. And in fact, when I saw him just last week, I was lucky enough to see him again. We talked about it and he said to me, if I can find it, I want you to finish it for me. So, you know, so there is that kind of thing. My mother was a nurse, um, but she was also a painter. So there was that, you know, oil paints and she was really good at it. So there is that creative strain that goes through the family. Um, But I'm the only one that's ever pursued it. Yeah, yeah, it's the same with me. And although if I get a, an email from my brother, who is he, he's the most nonsensical, commonsensical farmer type person you can imagine, but his his emails are always brilliant. So the wording is so it is something. And I agree. I mean, both my parents were um, musical, also painting. And it is all these these um, creative aspects, but with painting in particular, because we are visual writers as well. So it's also bringing onto the page the the, the images that you see in your mind. Yeah. Um, so to continue with influences, what what, um, what authors have influenced you? Um, uh, well, of course, you had the the requisite reading that you had to do in school. Um, and I never really liked the, th- the the books that they made us read. You know, everybody, everybody speaks about Catcher in the Rye and oh, it was just a wonderful book. And so, so poignant. <laughs> I hated it, hated it. I read the Cliff Notes. I hated it, I couldn't, couldn't. So uh, anyway, but uh, the classics, I loved, I mean, I eat up Jane Austen with a spoon. I just, I love it. Um, the Bronte sisters, you know, I love them. Um, I, I, I used to dream about being in a Shakespearean play because I loved it. My first one was I went to Shakespeare in the park when I was 11 years old and saw um, Midsummer Night's Dream and just loved every aspect of it um but when i got older it was the the paranormals that that got to me and i cut my teeth on um Anne rice Anne rice and her vampire chronicles and it's been a very big influence on me of course i i used to read um the romances i used to sneak them into the house when i was a kid um and uh the very first romance, which we used to refer to as the bodice rippers you know you <laughs> they were uh, it was um 
Kathleen Wittes, um, and hers was the 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 wolf and the dove. <laughs> so <laughs> anyway, but in terms of influencing my writing now, yeah, Anne Rice, and then later on other more contemporary authors like uh, Sherilyn Kenyon McQueen and. Um, uh, uh, Charlene Harris, Christine Fian, um, uh, Kara Marie Moaning, Kim Harrison, um, J.R. Um, Ward, you know, they, I just absolutely loved everything that they wrote. And I would go, and I was one of those readers that would go into a bookshop, bookshop and I'd buy every book in the series. I'd read the first one and then go back and buy every book in the series simply because I just fell in love. So, and you can see my, those influences in my writing. You can, you can see them. And you, what about you? Who influenced you? Um, yeah, um, I was a little bit like you at school. I didn't really like being forced to read, uh, to, to, to read the classics. I did it, although there was some that stuck. But um, I think when I really, when I went to university, I started um, reading, um, I loved, um, Daphne du Maurier, I was also a very Steinbeck fan. Um, let me see, can I spoon up more at this moment? Or stick it with that. So I then I had a period that I, I read, say, what they call the lighter um, literature. And um, then I got bored with everything. Um, reading and because I was studying literature as well. So I had a period that I just read the, the um, Harlequin books. I just read them and I became a translator as well. I translated them. And then I had, a, I, I always go up and down. And then I have had a period that I've read all the classics. I particularly went to the Russian um, classics, the French, the, the so I, I read, uh, from Tolstoy to Flaubert to um, um, George Eliot, um, I um, felt the, you mentioned it, and it all had to be really, really high literature. But I think that both the, the, the flimsy books and the literature, they have both influenced me. Because I like both. I like the, the, the fast-paced, simple read, but I also like the the um, the, the, the yeah, say the, the really thinking through of the story and and the, the human condition, so to say. So I I don't believe that I was only influenced by the big names. I am I, I read all the Barbara Cartlands. You had those. In this. I read those, and I mean. Sometimes I just want it to be simple and, and romantic and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah, I did. I, I, I mean, when I said I, I snuck books in, I, I mean, we're talking Sidney Sheldon's Other Side of Midnight when I was like 13, which was like a horrible book for, for a young girl to read, you know, at the time, you know, considering what was on the market. But I also read, you know, the typical kid books too, like, you know, you know, are you there, God? It's me, Margaret, you know, and all the Judy yeah. Blooms and, and whatnot. Um, yeah. So, but. Um, yeah, I, I just remember because we were um, uh, something nobody, I, I, I never told, but what I would do if I had those romantic books and they were kissing and I was like 13 or something, I would read them, write them out 
and I would reread those parts because the book had to go back to the library. But I was just so swooning over how they, and I just had to have that piece, and I would reread it every night. <laughs> Hannah, the 13 year old plagiarist. <laughs> well, no, just. I, didn't I, I was just. Oh, and I made drawings, you know, of the couples and stuff like that. Really? You dirty girl. <laughs> yeah. So um, from reading, um, what, so when, when did you actually decide to, to go out, write a book, publish it? How did oh, that God. Uh, I decided, I, I, jo- I you know, God dating myself here um 2009 I went online for like the first time it was like my my digital awakening you know I I, I had a laptop and I joined I joined uh, I didn't even join I hadn't joined Facebook yet um <clears throat> but I went on the Harlequin chat boards and I started just talking with people who are aspiring writers. And then from there, I, I joined the, um, it was an Amazon chat board. And I met a whole bunch of people who were like-minded and we had our own group. Um, it was a paranormal readers group and a paranormal writers group. And um, everybody was trying to query and everybody was trying to, you know, land a, a publishing contract and so forth and this is uh really before um kindle took off for indie authors and uh we formed the paranormal romance guild i was uh, one of the founding members and then eventually one of the very first well the second president that they had and i was president for i want to say two two years two years um and then from there i joined we we migrated from there onto facebook and that's you know that's really um how things took off where i decided i was going to write my first novel because i had gotten involved with talking with like-minded people and i was dabbling i was writing here and writing there but to actually sit down and write and there were people there who were um on clubhouse they call them whale readers you know I don't particularly care for that term because it's a, I think it's a little derogatory whale readers. Um, I refer to them as career readers. They are career readers. They love to read. They spend, that's where they would spend their free time. They will devour a book a day, if not more. And there were a whole bunch of them on there and everybody was submitting their first few chapters and so forth. And I did. And then I was getting feedback. And then finally I wrote my first novella. And it was only 15,000 words, um, you know, short book. And it was for Harlequin Nocturne Bites. All right. It was a paranormal. It was supposed to be 15,000 words maximum. And I submitted it to them to read. And the one woman, her name was, her name is Gloria Lackritz. She was, um, she runs the review group there now. She was blown away. And she said, you have to submit this. So I did. Did they accept it? No, because they said my char- my main character wasn't alpha enough. My male wasn't alpha enough. And uh, so I said, okay. And I ended up um, expanding it to 35, almost 40,000 words. And I published it as my first book. And it is the first book in the Curse by Blood series, which is now eight books long. And it is uh, called Hunter's Blood. So 
but the review I got back from them from Harlequin, the 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 rejection letter, <laughs> they said it was an encouraging rejection letter. They said, you have talent. We want to see more of more from you. But at that point in time, when I saw how much they paid in royalties, I was just like, you know what, I could make more doing this on my own as an indie. And I did. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I was coerced in well, not coerced, but seduced into into going with a small mid-sized publishing company. And that didn't work out because the economy tanked and I ended up having to buy my rights back from my first two books and then and then went indie on my own like I should have done from the very beginning. And that was um, in 2014. What about you? How did you write your first book? Um, well, um, a little bit similar. I was, um, also, I, I have been thinking about writing and I have been dabbling in it. I actually wrote a full, um, full novel in the early 1990s, but I never did anything with it. But I also had this mindset that you had to, to, to find a publishing, you know, I wasn't thinking of any publishing. So this was around uh, 2010 as well. And I joined a group called Autonomy, um, a platform. It was a, a HarperCollins platform. It was worldwide because I, I assumed that you, uh, that what you talked about was basically in the, in the US or was it a worldwide organization as well. Harlequin was worldwide. The chat. Yeah, well, the but I, meant, chat. I mean, the, the paranormal group that you were in. The Amazon group that we, that we, the Amazon chat boards. Um, no, they were worldwide as well. They were worldwide as well. And we, whoever wanted to join us in our, when we went, when we ended up forming our own, when we put together a website and everything, it was a big deal, you know, to do that because we ended up, we, I, I think they've got thousands of members now. Um, I kind of stay on the periphery, but, um, you know, because it's, even though it says it's the Paranormal Romance Guild, they, they, they review books of all genres, all genres, and they give away awards and so forth. But uh, yeah. so yeah. you were worldwide because you wanted to have a world, world reach? Yeah, autonomy doesn't exist anymore. But, um, so that was a, a worldwide group of, and you could... Um, review each other's work you, you posted like part of your book and each month um the, the top five you could vote for each other's work the top five would get an editorial review from harper collins and then might you know take you on i never made it to the desk because i came late to the game i think it was it, it, it didn't exist in 2011 anymore uh, but we also migrated to Facebook then. And by then, I had written my first contemporary romance um, called Casablanca, My Heart. I have to, um, I, of course, I rebranded to historical fiction in last year. So this is in, on the back burner, this book. But I might, I might, might, might do something about it because next year it is, it's 10th anniversary. So, I might bring it out again, you know, just for, um, you know, it's uh, what we call it um, for nostalgic reasons. But um, yeah, so that was, uh, I also joined a small um, indie company. So I didn't completely um, publish it on my own. I I also was um, with, this group was formed at Autonomy to join all and there were like 
15 authors that all took part in that. But it also went under. I joined and then I joined another. And with the first one, I didn't have any contract, so I didn't have to buy my rights back. But I have had to buy rights back from another Irish company that I joined as well. So, um, yeah. It stinks, doesn't it, sometimes? Well, it, that was the early days. I think most of us did that. It is only, uh, I think it's really only the, the, the last eight, seven, eight years that Indies really get, have this focus, I can do this on my own. But we sort of conglomerated in, in small pods to feel yeah. more secure. But of course, all the marketing, everything you have to do yourself. Still do. They would, they would take care of the covers. They would take care of the formatting and of, you know, uploading the books. But that was all. The rest you had to do everything yourself. And they usually weren't very successful, I'm afraid. Mm. So, um, yeah, we have to, to uh, talk a little bit. So that was our first publishing. But, um, yeah, you already said that you... you um, were quite sure that you wanted to write in the paranormal scope, so to say. Um, and that is funny. I am really on the opposite. I've never written anything in the paranormal. But I think we still have um, an aspect together, and that's with all five of our, our authors who um, are the, the founders of Bound Bad Books, and that's the romance aspect. Of yes, right. yes, yes. I mean, in different levels and in different in different mediums. Um, we have an author who writes BDSM and very, very graphic uh, books, but she has the romance thread going through her books from the very start. Um, my books, uh, like I mentioned before, from Hunter's Blood straight up through um, Of Blood and Magic, which is book eight in the Curse by Blood series. Um, I don't know if I would consider them 100% romance because they do tend to be more fantasy fiction. Um, I have uh, vampire fantasy. Vampire fiction uh, is is one of the sh uh, main genres. Um, like I said, you know, I get my where I get my influence. You know, Anne Rice you know, and and uh, and uh, Sherry Sherry Kenya McQueen and and the other J.R. Ward. Um, but uh, but there is a there is a thread of romance through through mine and so I guess it could say I straddle genres you know and uh do your books always have a happy ending um yes for the most part they do yes a happy ending um I always make sure that they that they that they come full circle that you know whatever action happens in a, you know per the conflict it, you know whether it's a some something that's an external thing that's dragging my main characters apart or um or stalking one of them um, or causing just wreaking havoc in their lives that they always manage to kind of, you know, overcome that and circle around to finding their happy ending. It may take a book or two <laughs> to get there, like Hunter's Blood um, and Twice Curse, which is books one and two in my Curse by Blood series. Um, Hunter's Blood ends and then Twice Curse picks up right there. Um, so actually at the current, current moment, like right now, a content editor and a developmental editor is working together with me to combine those two books because they really should be together. And it's funny, I had 
I had reviewers uh, tell me that these two books should actually be one book. And, you know, I didn't listen because I was too busy writing the other ones. And I should have done it from the very beginning. I should have just combined them. It was just, it would have been this monster size, epic book, you know, at a, you know, 170,000 words, you know, so we're cutting it down and paring it down. So there's no redundancy and so forth. So that's going to be rebranded as well. That's yeah, going to be. Yeah. Don't you think that is always the case with your first book that there is so much work to be done? If you look back at it, um, there is so much work. I mean, we we so um, finding our our voice, our genre, everything in that first book. So it is only logical. I was talking about my first book. I mean, I haven't even looked at it for years. It's 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 under a different name. It's not in my in my catalogue at the moment. So. Um, yeah, it, it's it's logical. Some even some authors also say I, I won't go back there. I mean, I heard Danielle say that in in the um, the podcast in last week's podcast. I won't revisit it because there is too much work to be done on it. Um, I I, have- I I I can see where that that's the case, but like I, you know, I you know that one of our one of our. Uh, our hive members, Sherry has, you know, read one of my books and she said that she really didn't think it fell in the romance category because it was definitely vampire fiction. And then there was the romance towards the end. So um, that book is, is book seven. So I need to, I mean, it's still fresh enough that I could go and, and revisit that one, but I don't want to let eight books go. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. It's, it's, I want, you know, yes you know, as an evolution, as an author, we know that our first book is probably not our best book, because like you said, we're honing our craft, we're learning our craft. We're, and, um, but at the same time, it shows you how well you've, how well you've done when you yeah. get, when, you know, yeah, when you also, can go back. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I agree. Um, so my romance aspect is also not the main, 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 um, I would just say theme of my work. Um, I was going to say thrust, but that's because where sort of my head goes. <laughs> yeah. It, um, so I, 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 but there is there is definitely the, the, the romantic aspect. There is a, a, a reason that the hero, heroine and the hero come together at the end. But um, I, I, as a historical fiction author, my main um, focus is on the um, yeah the main character, which is in my case always a woman. So far, I won't say that it will always be the also female main characters, but so far I have, and it is more her journey. And during that journey, she meets the love of her life, but it doesn't mean that that, that is only part of her her journey. So for me, it is uh, very important to see how she develops herself in, in the, the things that life's throw at her. And the main, uh, my main books are about the First and Second World War. So these are high stake stakes, you know, that they have to overcome. And it's definitely not that the male will rescue her in, in what she has to go through. So, um, but I, I do like the idea of a happy end. I, I think um, that, and, and again, like you, it doesn't mean that it's all rosy 
colors or anything, but that there is some confusion at the end. I um. My my characters, my main characters, or especially my female characters, um, I, the one thing I try not to do is I try not to make them too stupid to live. You know, um, the characters, all, all, the female, especially my female characters, they always have to have. They can think for themselves. They can do for themselves. Um, do they get themselves into scrapes or do, do circumstances happen where they're kind of, okay, I'm by myself, I'm outnumbered. Yeah, I need help, you know, come save me. Um, yeah, sometimes that happens, you know, when you're abducted by, you know, vampires and you're, you know, stuck in a lair somewhere and you're a human. Yeah, you have to, you have to rely on help. Um, and that, it, it just, it, it build it builds to the story. The, the, everything that I put in there has to has to it builds tension, not just sexual tension, but tension in general between the you know to to, to catapult the the two people together in 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 the in a way that um, matches the passion that they feel for each other. So, uh, but uh, if you had to compare your your first book with your current whip, with you know which work in progress. What would you say is the main difference that you see in your writing? Tell you know, t- tell me, tell me about your 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 current your current whip. I mean, I that's your question. I, I stepped on your toes. I'm sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> so I was already talking. So I'm I'm writing a four book series on um, the World War. The first book in Piccadilly's Fields is actually about two two couples meet and they get daughters. And these daughters become resistance girls in the Second World War because they're around 20 by that time. So I, I the, the first of these Second World War books in um, the Diamond Courier, just like you say, it, it's about, uh, in the end, she ends up in, in a concentration camp, but she is rescued by the main character. She needs help to get out of there. But, um, so now I'm writing The Parisian Spy, and um, there, again, this is, this is about a, a young girl who comes from a doctor's family, but she, and she's, she's sort of, she has to become a doctor, but um, she's not sure that she wants to be, because she wants to be an artist, and um, she grows up in Chicago, but she, um, uh, her mother in Paris, and she find out where she wants to go to we go to Arsenal, and um, eventually they're in love, and um, he joins the, the resistance, but she didn't want to have anything to do with, um, with war or, or fight sides, because she has come to become a doctor. And um, so, but he's arrested, so she had to make her choices. And um, the difference between, um, I think my, my Characters are much more multifaceted. They have great flaws in them, but have de- greater um, to overcome in themselves. Um, they, I mean, I think Casablanca and my heart, they were still white. Um, you know, were based on characters I read, I created the knowledge. Now I think more of myself what is the human condition? How do people react? What troubles can they have? It's more intrinsic um, process self before start writing. 
what things do I want to really bring us? Um, and then in craft wise, I mean, you mentioned margin also. Um, be aware of how you how bring story in the most successful and fresh way to the reader. Yes, Basically, absolutely. Basically, come to say not so much, um, recreate what you have read yourself. Really becoming more the writer yourself, the craftsman. Yeah, um, I agree. Um, when it comes to my current work in progress, it's a paranormal women's fiction, which is um, which is something new for me. You know, uh, normally it's paranormal romance with a splash of urban fantasy or straight vampire fiction or straight uh, shifter fiction. Um, or, you know, there's always action involved, a little bit of a mystery that needs to be solved. Um, but in my adult books, um, there's always strong sexual content. But this is paranormal women's fiction, this new endeavor of mine. And, you know, is there a love interest? Yeah, sort of. But it's more um, the woman's journey, because that's what happens in women's fiction. It's more about her and her development at um, when she gets to a place where she's a woman of a certain age, you know, usually 40 plus. Um, but I do see in my own writing um, the challenge and the, the, the difference from when I first started, you know, the more powerful immersive language that I use. Um, and also, you know, even in this uh, naming the book, it's called Jeepers Reapers, you know, a, a kind of a, a play off that 1950s song, you know, Jeepers Keepers, uh, Jeepers Peepers, where'd you get those, no, Jeepers, I don't know, <laughs> Jeepers Creepers, where'd you get those peepers? Yeah, excuse the singing, but yeah. Anyway, um, so uh, the idea was to keep it lighter because my other books, you know, Condemned, Collateral Blood, um, Dark, that was another hallmark of my other writing, you know, the vampire fiction. It was dark paranormal fiction, dark vampire fiction, um, dark fantasy. This is lighter. There are dark elements in it, but there's def it's definitely lighter, and hence the title, Jeepers Reapers. So, um, yeah, back to you, Hannah. Okay, I think we are almost getting to the end of this podcast. So, um, Marianne, and where can readers find you? Um, readers can find me on my website, Um My books are all in KU, so they can, they can reach me on Amazon, on my Amazon author page, um, or they can follow me on BookBub, or um, if they happen to be on Clubhouse, they can follow me and they can follow you as well because Hannah and I like to talk up a storm. We each have our own clubs. So you can follow us there and talk to us more. Um, but yes, www.maryannemorea.com or you can email me at maryannemorea.com. I'm always up for chatting with readers. Um, and Hannah, how can they reach you? Yeah, uh, but I guess you also have a newsletter. Yes, I do. Thank you. See, you're, you're more caffeinated than me today. Um, 
Yes, I do. I have a newsletter. It goes out weekly. Um, you can sign up for my newsletter. It's, it's uh, through my website. If you look at the top bar, it'll uh, it'll be right in it, within. You click contact, and it'll be the first thing that comes up. And you can sign up for my newsletter. There are giveaways. There are contests. Uh, my readers have helped me name characters. They've helped me create characters, and they always get a prize, whether it's a signed paperback or some other something else. But it's a lot of fun. It comes out weekly. Um, Hannah? Yeah, okay, that sounds great. Yeah, um, yeah, readers can find me as well, also on my website. My website is www.hannahbyron.com. You will find the link to my uh, newsletter there as well. I don't send it out every week, but regularly when I have new updates and um, just to, to keep in the loop of everything I do, as Marianne said, I'm also on Clubhouse, but you can also both find us on Goodreads, also on Bookpap. So we really hope you will uh, check out. Oh, yeah, and of course, <laughs> I keep forgetting, I'm also in KU, so in Kindle Unlimited, as I should say. So my books are on Amazon, you can find them there. And please join us on our journey, and we will be back next week with two new authors for Bound by Books, this podcast. So stay tuned and bye from Marianne and me. Bye-bye. Thank you. Bye.